Digital Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered, or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 94 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, I have with me someone super, super special, and that is Emma Millington from NV Physiotherapy. Now, Emma's journey began as an elite level hockey player when she had her interest in injury management sparked through a series of knee injuries sustained as an adolescent, realizing the Realizing the pivotal role of exercise in her own rehabilitation, Emma began her professional journey as a personal trainer and learnt the value of building strong and lasting relationships with her clients. A lifelong passion for learning led Emma to then pursue and complete a bachelor's degree in exercise physiology, followed by a master's degree in physiotherapy. Through this process and working in both rural and city settings, Emma has amassed experience with multiple populations and conditions such as diabetes, cancer, osteoporosis, and adolescence as well. Her passion lies in translating modern research into helpful information, which I can attest to, with a special interest in pre- and post-surgical recovery, pre- and postnatal training, athletic performance, and musculoskeletal injuries. Emma's goal is to empower you to consistently choose to move, working with pain to help you to take control of your physical future. Now, Emma is the co-founder of MV Physiotherapy, a physiotherapy practice in Sydney's inner west. Their focus is on you as a person, learning your goals and helping you understand your own condition and take control. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. Thank you, Mel. Good morning, everyone. I'm really excited to be chatting to you today and thank you for such a uh, long bio. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm much more down to earth than that suggests. Pretty much I love working with people of any background and any injury. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And I'm actually going to add my own testimonial in here, Emma, because Emma has helped me in my own personal injury journey as well. She's really given me the tools, the strength, the confidence, and she was extremely pivotal in helping me achieve my deadlifting goal of one and a half times my body weight. I cannot thank you enough for that, Emma. And I and we might just touch on this a little bit later around the concept of mindset. And I actually talk about the story of you and how I ended up deadlifting one and a half times my body weight in my new book, The Power of Content. But we might kind of share a little bit about that story a bit later. But Emma, there's so many ways that we could have taken this conversation together today. Like you said, you love people, you love working with people, and you have an amazing expertise in the health and well-being space. So we, you know, we could have spoken about 
how to run a business while still dealing with pain or goal setting or healthy body and healthy mind leading to a healthy business. So many different angles we could have taken today, but I'm really excited that we're going to be talking about client retention and client service. Sometimes I think we're so focused on getting a client through that door and when we do, we're so excited, but then we forget about the important bit that comes after and that's serving them in a way that's really in tune with who they are, who we are and turns them into those raping fans and repeat clients. So you do this so, so well. So I'm just uh, really interested to get your insights today. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me. Before we do this, in your intro, I mentioned that you help people choose to move, which I think is a really, really interesting concept. And I like this description as I feel like your approach to what you do is less directive and more collaborative. So why do you think it's so important to give people choice when it comes to specifically improving their well-being? Yeah, sure. Good question. I think choice is a key foundation with anyone's consistent building of a long-term habit, whether that's exercise or reading or any other habit in daily life. We know that to build a habit, it takes at least 21 days of consistent behavior change. And we know that in conjunction with that mindset or psychology and the ability to make a choice to continue to pursue that behavior is essential to make it part of your lifestyle. If we put it into a physio context, we know that anatomically or physiologically structures take many weeks to heal. As a general rule, you know, you break your arm, you're in a cast, you are in that cast for six weeks, at least, sometimes more. If you hurt a ligament, we're looking somewhere closer to 12 weeks even. So that is a um, choice that you are, or not a choice, a piece of information that you're given by a health professional saying, Mel, you're in a boot or you're in a cast for six weeks. Once the cast or the boot is removed, that's when things get interesting. You can, you're presented with a fork in the road of many different ways you can approach rehab. Option one, you can, you're out of the boot. Physiologically, that bone's supposedly healed and you can go about your day-to-day life. Option two, you can see a physio or an exercise physiologist and be told what they think is a, a central rehab path for goal X. Option three, you see any health professional, I, I don't mind who it is, personal trainer, exercise physiologist, chiro, dietitian, and between the multidisciplinary team of more than maybe just yourself and one individual, you build a team that is multidisciplinary. As I said, it's multifaceted. It means that it um, includes sleep, it includes exercise, it includes mindset, and it gives you, a, I guess, a formula to help achieve your goal or your plan. The reason I give you those three options is it's up to you. It's a choice of which fork you uh, take. And it's the hardest choice to make at the start. How do you know who to see? How do you know which professionals you want you want to help with? How do you know if you saw physio A in option B and they give you their formula? How do you know you even want to follow that formula? How do you know you don't, you don't want to see a different physio and get a different formula? So I think the way that we like to practice is we present all the options. Often a first appointment with me is full of whiteboard sessions and I have different forks and mind maps going everywhere. And together we need to build a goal, figure out what your why is, and then be able to, I guess, implement actionable steps and stages that can give you the empowerment that it almost doesn't become a choice. It becomes like a need because you're, you realize that this is what we need to do to achieve your rehab goal. 
Oh my goodness. I just love that approach so much, Emma. And it's just so applicable to any facet of our life, really, not just an injury. If we really tap into whatever that goal is and we understand what that goal is and what it is we want to achieve, then we will do the things that we need to do to get to the to the goal at the end. I love that, that approach. Now, I have a feeling that that obviously helps with client retention. So being given a choice and being given the the pathway or the suggested pathway to choose can really help people not only do the exercises and do the rehab, but actually come back to you and want to continue their, their rehab in whatever way that looks like. But I have a feeling that client service and retention probably starts long before we even get to that that point. So mm-hmm. what would you think is like the first step when we're thinking about what our client retention strategy is going to look like? What what do we need to consider first? I think if you pull it back 10 steps before even client retention, you've got to work out your own why or your own mission and vision as a business and figure out your choice of how you were going to practice or run a business. So What drove my business partner, Liam, and I to open Envy is that there were certain practices in clinics that we've worked with before that we weren't enjoying, and we wanted to be able to create a practice that had longer appointment times instead of shorter ones with a strong emphasis on exercise and a really, I guess, collaborative educational approach between client and clinician. So our our mission statement is to deliver honest and transparent healthcare to all. And so that helps us define how we practice and then leads into, I guess, what our client retention strategies are. So our retention focus is not about X amount of visits in X amount of time. Mm -hmm. There's no cookie cutter formula. Instead, our focus is build rapport, create honest, healthy relationships with our clients and continually help build goals and collaborate together in a way that I guess we're empowering the, the patient to not feel like they need us. That's a win for us. We're not trying to keep you in the clinic. We want to get you out of the clinic doing what you love. And if that means that we see you less, awesome, because we're hoping that we've built a connection that we will work with you for long, long periods of time. You know, over years, we will get word of mouth from friends and family. We're not interested in your single business. We want to just help lots of lots of people. Oh, I think that's such an admirable way of looking at it as well, Emma. I just want to ask you a couple of things though about this. So you mentioned that uh, you're what I mentioned in your in your bio that you're the co-founder of this physiotherapy practice. So you and Liam run it together. How do you come up with those amazing mission or vision or ideas that what you want it to be when there's someone else involved in the decision as well? I think we were really lucky that the two of us get along extremely well, for one. We're great friends and we have very similar ethical frameworks but are opposite in a lot of how we present day-to-day. So we each have very different strengths and weaknesses but our core of why we do this is identical. So we were very lucky that to create a mission, vision and a framework together, it was very easy. Oh, that that's amazing. Now, when you were just speaking before, you said that you had, there was three main things there. There was building rapport. There was honest and open relationships with your clients and collaboration towards a goal, really 
um, manifesting in like them being empowered and choosing to do what they want to do. So those those three things. I'd just mm-hmm. love for you to expand on those a little bit more if you could. How do they fit into your whole vision? I think for the first one, with healthcare is so personal and you're asking a lot of private questions of medical history and then you're asking them to change a significant amount of their behaviour for many, many weeks. Firstly, if the rapport's not there, you're going to lose or not even gain trust to start with. And without trust, I think that you're almost fighting an uphill battle where no matter what I say, how confident I am or how I present it, if your patient doesn't view you on the same wavelength, then you're not going to reach the goal together because it's perceived in a different goal or a different way. So that's the most important thing. Make them feel safe, make them feel comfortable. And then from there, we can have some fun. I love it. And so then an honest relationships and that collaborative approach as well. Yeah. So the honest relationship comes from one thing we are very mindful of is if someone comes in, let's, if you're happy to use a little bit of an example of your injury, your knee injury, we would never say to someone, your knee is X. We would like to see you two to three times a week for six weeks. This is how we're going to do it. We don't practice in, I guess, a pre-formulated way. We love to see what the body can do. And the body is so amazing at adapting and healing and changing that I want to give it a chance to do its thing. And I want to give you a chance to be able to do your exercises or your stretches or your rehab and see what you can do without me consistently creating a dependent cycle. So I guess we're being honest by creating an independent person and not a dependent relationship between each other. Mm-hmm. And that that's I think that that's an amazing aspect to come to client relationships from as well. I, I think that a lot of people see clients come to them for a reason. They need something fixed, whatever that is, whether it's their body, whether it's uh, their content strategy, you know, they need the thing fixed. They want to do the fixing, doing these 10 steps and then see you later out the door. But if we kind of take a step back from that and take a collaborative approach and really find out the true meaning behind the, the injury, you know, it's often not just the injury itself, is it? Yeah. And I mean, thinking about my injury history, it's it's not a great feeling when you go to a professional and they say, all right, your your knee is really injured. You are definitely going to see me every two days for the next six weeks. And there are certainly cases, especially acutely post-surgery, where you need to be in there early. We need to get your range of movement back. But I feel like it's an instilling a lack of trust, if anything, mm-hmm. and creating this dependency that I is sort of the polar opposite of empowerment, which is what we're trying to build. Okay, so once we know our vision and, you know, where we're going and why we're actually heading that way, what else can really help us to create an ethos of exceptional client service and client retention? Yeah, I think if we make it physio-specific, the most important thing is a follow-up email. You must have a rehab plan with clear images or videos, reps and sets. So the patient walks out of there feeling like they have a plan. They know exactly what they're doing and that here's the phone or here's the video on their phone, which I've been doing recently, that they can watch back and they feel like they're, they've walked out of there with a good sense of confidence and some hardcore info. The other thing is I love to do follow-up emails. So even if I am not seeing you for a month, that's great. We've built a plan that we feel confident that you can manage independently. I will be emailing you at least a week or two weeks after our appointment, just checking in, any questions, building from there. I'm not trying to get you in. I'm just trying to make sure that that habit is building and we're keeping our rapport together and we keep, you know, enhancing your outcomes essentially. 
I love those two things so much. The first is like the follow-up of uh, the actual service. So that's actually giving them the plan, giving them the confidence that they can continue on by themselves. And this goes for any business as well. Like once you've dealt with a client, once you've serviced a client, however that, whatever that looks like for you, you're always then going, bye-bye, see you, go off into the world by yourself. Good luck with that. So just giving them a plan and giving them the confidence, I think is an amazing uh, way to continue that service. And then the general follow-up, just because, you know, just because. And I think that if I received uh, some sort of communication from any business owner uh, after we had a service together that just said, just checking in, how are you going? You know, how are the, the new habits forming? I think that that's just an amazing way to really cement that beautiful relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I know that you have a framework. You have something that you call like an ethical framework in business. What does that look like for you? I guess it's less about having a structured word document with, you know, bullet points on it. It's more about how we want to practice. And so at everyone at Envy, and it's a big consideration when we're hiring staff, we want people that really believe in that mission and vision of honest, transparent healthcare. We want good communicators and we're able, we're, I guess, open to training people to become good communicators. We want a strong emphasis on exercise, but ethically we want people first. We want you to prioritize the patient and the person in front of you. Don't worry about the dollars and the client retention as such. Just focus on the person and ethically, I think you're setting yourself up for a great long career in a career that can sometimes be really exhausting. If you are pursuing every day with a, I guess, a purpose to help is putting it simply. And I love that focusing on the person. I really encourage people to do that as well when they come to their content marketing as well. So, you know, instead of looking at the transaction, the numbers, how many people you can get in the door, focus on the person that you're building that relationship with, because once you do that, then, you know, once they become a client as well, then it just changes your whole relationship um, afterward. So focus on the person. I love that. And then how do you actually go ahead and measure how well that you're retaining your clients? Obviously, you know, the softwares we use gives us quantitative data of appointments per month and revenue and that sort of thing. The key metric that we look at is new patients. We, we don't use something called PVA, patient visit average, which is a common marker in healthcare. We're not interested on how often someone's visiting. We want to know how many new people are we reaching? Is it word of mouth? How did they find out referrals? Is it through doctors? And our, I guess our metric for success is once you read a, reach a certain level, X amount of appointments covers your outgoings. Everyone's happy. Tick. As long as you hit that, then from there, Who's new? How many are new? How did they find us? Where do we put our focus into? That's our kind of metric. And when you measure new patients, is that new to the clinic or is that new injuries? We do both. Usually it's just new to the to the clinic, brand new patients. It's more about like where they come from, how they find us and um, yeah, building from there. Excellent. Now, Emma, I just want to switch tactics a little bit. Thank you so much for joining us and really explaining your process in terms of how you uh, retain your clients, how you get your clients back in the door, your focus and how you do that in terms of human first, I think is really, really important. But I just wanted to touch quickly on mindset. So we spoke earlier in the episode about 
how myself mindset has played a huge part in my ability to deadlift something that I didn't think that I was able to. I clearly remember the the conversation I had with you, Emma. And my question was, do you think I need to put on weight to be able to lift more heavier weights? And you were like, no, you know, a general rule of thumb would be, you know, one and a half times. And as soon as she said that, as soon as she said a general rule of thumb could be one and a half times your body weight, I don't know. You just unlocked something in me. Obviously you had a word to the person I was training with at the time, I suspect, and things changed in terms of the types of exercises to lead to that goal. But it's just really, really interesting how mindset plays a huge role in not only our health, but also our day-to-day lives as well. So how do you see mindset as being part of your role as a business owner, but also as a a teacher to other people? Yeah, I think my mindset as a business owner compared to a, a teacher is very different. As a business owner, we're three years in, we've made so many mistakes. We're just, we're that that duck sailing on the, the surface, looking nice and calm. And <laughs> my, my feet are going crazy. So my That's mindset all is just keep showing up. Just keep, keep going with the business stuff and have as much fun as you can with it. My mindset as a teacher, I guess, as a physio, I feel much more confident in my ability compared to a business owner. And so my, my mindset is to firstly, I guess, create safety, create confidence, empower the person and find the tools that they need to create that mindset they need. So it's, it's, I guess it's case by case without sounding cliche, the difference between someone who's just come in following a major surgery, they're probably in significant pain on painkillers. So they're a little bit groggy. They've potentially had some trauma that's given them the injury and they're dealing with the processing of having a significant amount of period of time where they're rehabbing or redoing reduced activities, work or family life is affected. The mindset there is small, focus on every day, focus on small movements with a goal at the end. It's very different compared to someone who's 12 months down the track following an ACL tear and they're having their first game back uh, on Saturday for soccer. So I think I think if you can really understand the person and you know what makes them tick, which is so important about building the rapport and all these other ethical strategies we have together, then the mindset is easy, but you've got to understand that person and what makes them tick. And I've heard that loud and clear in this episode. It's all about the person, understanding the person, focus on the person. And it's so true. Um, Humans are built for human connection. And when we really tap into that and value and respect people as human beings, then everything else follows from that. Thank you so much. Now, Emma, I have a question that I ask all of my guests and because I'm all about women owning and using their superpowers. So what would you say is your superpower? I'm not trying to call it a superpower, but I am really stubborn with myself. And so (laughs) I guess kind of what I mentioned with the mindset about business is I just keep showing up no matter what life or business throws at me. I don't let it stop me. And I think my big superpower is that I am, I love to learn. I love to make mistakes and I am just continuing getting back up and trying new things. 
I love that. I love that superpower so much. Just getting back up, trying new things, being open to the opportunities as well, <laughs> being stubborn. I love that. <laughs> I love that, Emma. Do you have any final parting words of wisdom? Yeah, I think it would be don't let fear stop you from trying something. So from a business point of view, it's, you know, we had no idea what we were doing three years ago and we're still very much early in learning. But half the fun is just learning on who you become on the journey. And it's not even about the end goal. If you And you'll be surprised on who you become. I think that really relies on having a strong support team. And my business partner is amazing and we work super well together. And so he's created this relationship with me where we feel like we can handle it together. But even from a physio perspective, you know, post rehab or uh, even trying a new sport, don't be afraid to try new things. There's lots of people that can help you. You will recover. It may look different but it's going to be your new normal and there's so much that you can do to improve. So don't let fear stop you. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Emma, and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I've had a great time. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at meldbusiness. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the content effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.